Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is the Friday, September 24th edition of the Daily Wager Podcast. We got you in and out in less than 10 minutes on this busy, busy sports weekend. Welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I'm Doug Kazarian alongside Joe Fortenbaugh as we always are together on this Friday, on these Fridays, I should say, getting ready for the, the, the sports weekend. We have tons to get through. We have UFC on tap as well. Uh, Joe, uh, obviously a barn burner last night in the NFL. Uh, we actually had a good game in the college. I hope people were able to catch that dramatic ending, uh, especially those with the You, you got lucky, buddy. We were on opposite uh, sides. You got lucky with that slide at the end. Lucky? Lucky? <laughs> part of, it's part the, of the handicap. The, the, the situational awareness by App State. It was, a, it was great situational awareness. And to be honest, uh, you were covering pretty much the whole way there, so you did deserve the win late. I kid. I was hoping to get that thing through the back door, but sliding on the five-yard line, Brutal, brutal if you had App State last night. Well, it was nice to get some money back from the opener with ECU. Uh, and, I say, <laughs> and I say some, not a lot, trust me. Uh, that was a beatdown. Okay, so let's get into the football weekend. Uh, my favorite side, if you will, is North Carolina. And this number is trickling up a little bit, 12 and a half. I, I just think hats off to Georgia Tech. Incredible effort last week at Clemson. Nearly get the upset, that fumble on the goal line. But just the entire game, the defense played well. I just think the tank's on empty. I think it's a lot to ask for them to go to this game and hang with Carolina, who seems to have found its mojo a little bit. Sam Howell, five touchdowns last week. And uh, I'm not looking – I'm not throwing – I'm looking past the performance against Virginia Tech in the opener. Lane Stadium was shaking. Really tough ass for the Tar Heels. Um, so that's what – we haven't seen a lot of games, but I like UNC here minus the dozen or so. What about you? Yeah, don't get too fired up about Georgia Tech last week because they played some awful games early in the season. They lost outright to Northern Illinois. So if anyone wants to give them credit for what they did against Clemson, make sure you debit them for what happened in that first game against Northern Illinois. Favorite side is going to be Army over Miami of Ohio. Mine's coming down a little bit, down to seven and a half. So I'm against the move here. But I like the fact that Army's going to come in and run the ball. 331 rushing yards per game this season. That's third in college football. That is Miami of Ohio's weak spot, defending the run. They're 109th in the country in opponent yards per carry. Getting ready for that triple option offense is very difficult. Army does an excellent job of controlling the clock and the tempo. They're averaging 41 minutes per game in terms of time of possession. And oh, by the way, 3-0, and 44 points a game. I'll lay the 7.5 with Army over Miami, Ohio. That's my favorite side. All right, good stuff as well. Uh, I... Let's talk about Notre Dame, Wisconsin, because I'm on the Irish here, plus six and a half. Feels a little too obvious, if you will, or too trendy of a dog. I just think that's way too many points on a relatively low total. I did a double take when I saw this line. I was like, hey, I thought it was Soldier Field, not Camp Randall. I'm surprised the Badgers <laughs> are laying uh, this much on a neutral site. I think the Irish, obviously, they've been playing with fire, nearly some upsets here, but it's a good dog spot for the Golden Domers. It's a lot of points to get in what should be a low-scoring game as the total continues to drop. Like It's a lot of points. 
against Notre Dame, who's found ways to get the job done this season. You can knock them all you want for the Toledo performance. Maybe they didn't explode on Purdue last week, but they're finding ways to get the job done. I'm going to play the first half under in that game, 23 points. And uh, this is something that you kind of tipped me off to, and or at least got me to pay more attention to this last week when you played the first half under in Penn State Auburn. I had the full game under. It still ended up coming in, but we see this a lot in college football, right? Two teams come out. They feel each other out. It's a little bit slower early. Think about Ohio State, Minnesota. Think about Ohio State and Oregon. Think about Penn State and Auburn. And then in the second half, adjustments are made. Big plays, teams taking shots, teams going for it on fourth down, all types of stuff. This is such a low total. I don't want to risk the full game because that could happen in the second half. But Wisconsin's had two weeks to get ready for this game. I think the defense shows up early against Jack Cohn. Notre Dame's defense isn't great, but Wisconsin wants to run the ball and grind the clock. I like under 23 points in the first half of that matchup. No, it's something I've discussed a lot over the years. It's just my my preference for that. Does it always work out? No, it does not. But when you factor in overtime, particularly in college, and I, I just feel like the script follows the suit. It's more of an under, and I don't think the odds makers really adjusted. I, I kind of uncovered something a long, long time ago with the NBA that the first halves had more scoring and that they shouldn't be, you know, about 10 years ago or 15 years ago, they started taxing the uh, first half totals a little bit higher than the second half. And so I just think it, it plays out that way. Does it always work? Like I said, no. Uh, my favorite play of the weekend is a strange one, but you know what? That's something that a lot of our listeners have come to expect from me. <laughs> I'm going to be first quarter with Bama uh. and Southern Miss. I'm playing the side and the total. I think it's way off. Uh, Bama's minus 10 and a half, and the total is 13 and a half in the first quarter. I think it's going to be 14 or 21 nothing after one. Bama offense, we know it, but the, one of the key things about Saban is his teams don't play down to their opponent. We've seen a lot of these upsets. He's won like 90-something straight games as a favorite. And more importantly, starting against these big spread games, when it's like 38 or more or something, he always starts fast. His teams are all about getting better each day. It's not about just playing to your opponent. And even the Mercer game a couple weeks ago, they had a bunch of three and outs. They still got there. So over the last five years since they've been doing the tempo offense, it's really just the Citadel was the only game. They started slowly with the triple option, had the Iron Bowl on deck. So I like them minus, uh, minus 10.5 and, and over 13.5. The over a little bit more. Because if you get a fluke touchdown or whatever, I just don't think Bama's going to be settling for field goals here. Southern Miss's starting quarterback is out. They're going to have real trouble getting first downs. They may not score the entire game, and I'm not just saying that. It could be that bad. So uh, let me put it this way. Bama's minus 10.5 in the first quarter or 29 in the first half. What would Ooh. you rather lay? Exactly. The first quarter. Okay, exactly. Let me tell you something. I've worked with you long enough to know when you really like a play. And over the last couple of days, you will not shut up about this game. And as a result, I am tailing this game because I've been so convinced by the way you've laid it out. And to be honest with you, Alabama, look, we need two touchdowns here. Getting one good scoring drive from them shouldn't be a problem. It's just a matter of timing. Do they get the ball first? Do they end up having one penalty that sets them back? Something like that. I don't see it happening. I think they can make big plays on defense. They can get off the field quickly. You always have the Bama special teams and the defense that can score as well. So I'm with you on that. I will be tailing it. I'm going to throw two more your way. One is a night game. It's at the Swamp, Tennessee and Florida. I'm going to take Tennessee in the first half plus 10 and a half. This has flat spot, at least initially, written all over it for Florida. This used to be a rivalry game, but it hasn't been much of one for like the last two decades because Tennessee stinks. Florida's coming off the biggest game of their season. They hung with Alabama. They got behind early, but they brought it all the way back. They couldn't convert the two-point conversion, 
Emory Jones just hand the damn ball off. I don't know why you had to keep your hands in there on that read option for 45 minutes, but that's what cost <laughs> you. So they lose that game. They're definitely going to have a flat week of practice coming up short against Bama. Here comes Tennessee, easy to overlook. Tennessee, meanwhile, they didn't have a bye last week, but they blew out Tennessee Tech. Okay, so it's not much of an opponent. They've had this game circled. They're going into the swamp. Money's been coming in on Tennessee. It went from 22 down to 19. First half is 10 and a half. I like Tennessee to hang tight for the opening 30 minutes. I'm also going to play the under 47 points, Texas A&M and Arkansas. I'm going against the move here. It's gone up from about 44 and a half to 47, but Arkansas is dealing with some injuries on their offensive line. Arkansas can play better defense than people give them credit for, and A&M's defense has been fantastic this season. They're also on their backup quarterback, Zach Calzada, because Haynes King broke his leg against Colorado State two weeks ago. Now, Calzada can play. I'm not saying he's a bum, and that's why we're playing the under, but it's just worth noting that the quarterback they preferred after the battle ended is not going to be playing in this game. Under 47 points, A&M and Arkansas is my final play here for the podcast. All right, let's go to the UFC real quick. Yes. And – of course, these are my famous last words, but I've been covering the UFC for 20 years, Joe. This is the strangest line I've seen. Oh, really? A little dramatic. <laughs> Shevchenko inside the distance. So basically by KO, TKO, DQ, or submission is minus $2. I think it should be like $5. So I know that's a little extreme, but you got a $15 favorite going five rounds. And Lauren Murphy, she can take a beating. Don't get me wrong. But she's just not even in the same stratosphere as Shevchenko. So... I don't understand. I don't think it's going to decision, basically. So Shevchenko inside the distance at minus $2. Okay, I like it. I'm going to be on that. This is a big card, so I'll probably try to find an angle somewhere for every single fight. Uh, the main event, Volkanovski, I'm thinking about him by decision at plus 125. I'm not there yet. Obviously, you and I have some people we need to speak to after the weigh-ins to try to figure out the best way to attack some of this. I do find myself looking at Robbie Lawler. I'm not sure how big I'm going to go on this one, but there's two things that stand out to me. One, the eye test, which is the fact that Lawler and Diaz were both minus 110, and now it's up to Lawler minus 140. And then number two, the ear test. And this, this interview that Diaz did with Mark Ramondi from ESPN, where he's talking about uh, how he, they, all the people, quote, all the people around me and all the money and all the sponsors, they won't let me get away from fighting. He goes on to talk about how he wanted to get into business, opening gyms, all this, but his business partners, the whole thing turned out to be fake. So he might as well get in the ring and take his punches. He shouldn't be fighting this guy. Whoever set it up is an idiot. He should be fighting Usman. He doesn't sound like a guy who really wants to do this. That doesn't mean he can't win it, but he's been away from the game for six years. Lawler's no spring chicken. He's 39 and he's lost his last four fights. We haven't seen him for a year, but he has trouble with guys who are very dynamic. And I think in this fight, he's going to be able to move because Diaz kind of just stands in front and hits very hard. Edge to Robbie Lawler. I find myself betting Robbie Lawler, but I'm not going to tell you, oh, my God, I love this bet. You got to run and cash it because there are so many unknowns here on the Diaz side. He just doesn't sound like a guy who really wants to get the octagon Saturday night. I'm with Lawler, too. Uh, look, Diaz hasn't won in 10 years. I mean, I don't know. How to, he hasn't fought in six. Uh, but I like what I like what you did there. The ear test instead of the eye test. Well done. The old ear test. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us. Gave you a lot of uh, ample uh, ammo. And if we are wrong, I will not be here on Monday for the pod. Uh, good stuff. Oh, always as always. Good luck to everyone this weekend, and uh, hopefully we have some winners.